Welcome back to Nighttime Live. Bob Harris here on the Mighty 790 KFGO. The new book is out by Dean Koontz, What the Night Knows, a little ghostly novel, murder mixed in with it. And joining us right now is the author of this book and many other bestsellers, Dean Koontz. And Dean, the last time I had you on, I said, if you don't know the name Dean Koontz, then you probably can't read. Is that a fair assessment? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I'd love to think that's the case, but I think there's probably people out there who do read and have never heard of me, and uh, and we'll forgive them. Uh, uh, they they will. I will not send anybody to their doorstep to break their knees or anything. <laughs> do you do? You, I, I imagine you get this all the time. How in the world do you churn out so many books and so many good ones, for that matter? Well. Uh, I love what I do. It, I always find it very difficult. I'm always struggling with it, and but it's the struggle that is the challenge and the challenge that makes it worth doing. Uh, I like to be... Uh, I, I get bored easily, so I have to be doing something that really engages in my mind, and I can't think of anything more that engages it than writing, so I'm always happy to be at the keyboard, and uh, sometimes it's easier than others. It's never really that easy, but it remains nevertheless play, so if you can have hard work that challenges you and you can feel that it's play at the same time, then you get very productive, I think. With the amount of work that you do, uh, I, I just have to say that, you know, you, you've been married a long time. And, and I, I would say that, you know, that's pretty special when you can find a, a mate like that who lets you do the work that you do and just lets you do your thing, if you know what I mean. Not only let me do it, but made it made it possible by saying early on, I'll support you for five years, and if you can't make it in five years, you'll never make it. So I quit my teaching job, and, and it worked out, but it might not have, uh, and uh, that was an amazingly generous thing she did. And then, ever since then, it's been, uh, you know, it's a, uh, without her, it wouldn't have been possible any step of the way to continue to grow and do what's been done. So uh, it, it's we've been married 44 years, and some days it seems like four. <laughs> Last time we talked, I had somebody ask, uh, email me afterwards and, and told me to ask you this, because really people don't see a lot of you except on your book covers. Can you walk mm-hmm. down the streets of your hometown and, and not be recognized, or are you, are you approached by a lot of people? Uh, you know, it's it's kind of interesting. Uh, I've lived here in Newport Beach a long time, and uh, uh, once in a while you'll be out somewhere where uh, it used to be more regular. Uh, now what happens is uh, you're out somewhere, and I, it's always the look. I'll look up, and somebody's looking at me, and they'll, they'll wink or they'll nod, and I don't know them, so I know they know who I am. Uh, but they're, most people are very respectful about it, and the ones who do come up, generally come up to you, they know who you are, but they start talking about your dog because <laughs> <laughs> she's very pretty and I'm not. So, uh, you know, they're always going to be more interested in the dog than in me. By the way, uh, Anna wasn't on the cover of this or on the back of this book this time around, huh? Yeah, the publisher felt they needed a, a little more serious look the, for this book. So we ran this picture instead. And some people were writing me saying, well, that's, you look sad or you look... You look mean in that, and uh, so I guess maybe it did what the publisher wanted it to do. You almost look like the uh, the guy Calvino was looking for. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> said to me, "It looks like you've just said put that down," <laughs> which I thought was a pretty good summary of it. I, I, I was I read a, a matter of fact. I think I think it was something that you wrote. You said that one of the characters in this book, you came up with it. 
because of a of a dream, and it had to do with a little Benadryl. Yep. All my life, as I've been writing these books, people say, do you get your ideas from dreams? And I always say, no, sometimes a little disgust, no. You know, dreams never help you. Uh, you don't get it out of a dream. And then, uh, because I have allergies, I sometimes take Benadryl for a few weeks at a time just before bed. And uh, Sometimes when you're on Benadryl for a while, my wife has experienced this too, so it's not just me and my freaky brain, but you, uh, <laughs> uh, you start having these dreams that are very different than other dreams. They're, I call them Benadryl dreams because you see nothing happens in them. They're not nightmares. There's not forward momentum of any kind. There's no story or event. It's just you see these people, and they're very vivid. They're almost hyper-real, more real than people you meet in the real world. You see great detail in them. And oftentimes you get the feeling they're menacing, um, but they don't do anything. And in the Benadryl dream, I saw this somewhat deformed character that was really menacing looking. And then he appeared in two subsequent dreams. I dreamed him three times. And later, months later, this would have been when I had um, the idea for what the night knows, I somehow knew immediately that character I'd seen in the dream was the character uh, that was going to be the villain in this book. You know, so many of us, when we dream, we almost forget it immediately. When you have a dream like that, do you have to quick uh, get out of bed and write things down to make sure you don't forget the character? No, I I, I also forget dreams that if I have them. I don't dream all that much, and uh, I think it's because of what I do all day. It works out all the stuff in you that you want to need to dream about. But, uh, But in that case, with... Uh, Alton Turner Blackwood, the villain of this, I, uh, I I knew I wouldn't have to write down the description of him, uh, particularly because it was so vivid in my memory. And uh, and and when I had to write about him in the book, it was um, it was probably the creepiest part of this novel for me was writing him. Let's talk a little bit about the book. Can you give us a little uh, clue as far as what the folks will be reading, as far as uh, plot is concerned? Well. Uh, the lead is John Calvino, who is a homicide detective, and who, uh, when he was 14, uh, Alton Turner Blackwood, this uh, guy I saw in a dream, killed him, uh, killed his family, his parents and his sisters, and John survived but killed Blackwood. And the, John's family was the fourth family that Blackwood had killed. Now it's 20 years later. John is a detective. He's got a family of his own, a wife and three children. And somebody starts recreating Alton Turner Blackwood's murders. John thinks he's dealing with a copycat, but very quickly comes to the opinion that it isn't a copycat, that it is the spirit of Alton Turner Blackwood back in the world. And how a guy who is a cop who deals in facts and logic and reason uh, copes with this and what actions he tries to take uh, become then the meat of the story. By the way, you're talking about a character in a dream. Something tells me, and it's just in the back of my head, but in the early part of the book, John Calvino gets uh, keys for a house that's two houses down from this woman who's making cookies, and she was in like the mm-hmm. service for like 36 years. I bet that was a real person in your life, right? That, that actually is a real person in my life. It was based on um, my high school English teacher who was a uh, – I had her for four years. She was a wonderful lady, and uh, she had been a whack in the World War II in the Army. And uh, kids were terrified of her but uh, loved her at the same time uh, because she was a stern disciplinarian, but she was very caring. And it's because of her I changed my major as a senior 
in, in high school, I got into college and she found out I was majoring in history and she had a showdown with me in the hall in which she told me, you're going to take history because it's easy for you and you're always going to do what's easy because you're a potential slacker. And if you Ooh. are smart, you'll change your major to English because you have writing talent. And I was a kid who never anybody paid much attention to and uh, that she did make me change my major and I might have always become a writer, but I became a writer much faster because of her. Uh, also, before you go, I have to ask, last time we chatted, Frankenstein 4, how soon till number 5? Uh, number five comes out in May, and it should be the final one. Uh, and I'm, I'm wrapping it as well, not as we speak. I'm not talking to you and typing. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not capable of that. But, uh, and then at the end of the year, I have a big what I call a bad house novel coming out, and uh, and then it'll be in um, the summer of writing another Odd Thomas, which I'm oh. really looking forward to. I love those books. I know a lot of people who do love Odd Thomas, and they'll be glad to they'll be glad to hear that. So it's only five Frankenstein, not not six. Five Frankenstein's not six, but there'll be seven Odd Thomas, and we have a film director who's a very successful who has written a screenplay for Odd. And it's just brilliant, and I'm hoping that he's going to be able to make it just like he wrote it, because if he does, I'll finally have a movie I don't have to apologize to everyone for. <laughs> Dean Kuntz, the name of the book, oh, What the Night Knows, available everywhere right now. Check it out. And uh, and by the way, I could have used this like two weeks ago when we had two blizzards in one week. That would have kept me busy. <laughs> so, Dean Kuntz, thank you once again for joining us here tonight on KFGO. Thanks for having me there. I always enjoy it.